we have entered the thick of pro day season. We've got major trades. We got speculation. There's still the trickling of free agency. We got a ton going on in here at the game day. Of course, we've got you covered. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier, uh, ready to preview that. The NFC West will do our fill in the blank. Marcus, first and foremost, how's everything going? It's going uh, well. It was a busy sports weekend, Adam, since we last talked. I'm excited to talk maybe some UFC yes. at the end of this show. Uh, we've got pro days galore, college basketball. Uh, it's it's a good time to be a sports fan right now. I've got some MLB bats. We've got open yeah. day. Uh, we've got a lot. And, and Marcus, I want to let you know, like Zach Wilson's pro day as a Jets fan, um, I was glued. I know you you like religiously watch pro days and I've been watching some here or there, but that's probably the most emotionally invested I've ever been in a pro day. And I'm, I'm curious, yay or nay, is that is, uh, I'm going to get you right off the bat. We're going to talk about this stuff, of course, but what sure. did you think of my guy, Zach Wilson? He put on a show and that's what you're supposed to do at these pro days, right? Show off your arm talent, the throw that he threw, you know, across his body, 60 <laughs> yards down the field. I think that guy all gets fans, you know, riled up. That's what these, these pro days are supposed to do. Build hype. I don't think Zach Wilson did anything at his pro day to not warrant a number two pick. Uh, he crushed it. So sad what gets me excited these days. And I, <laughs> I am excited. Um, a reminder, guys, Game Day Podcast. You can listen to it, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And also go to thegameday.com, see what our affiliates have to offer in terms of prices and do some shopping there. So, uh, you know, Marcus, it is pro day season. I guess mm -hmm. before we get into the fill in the blank, I, um, I forget who had this take on Twitter. But I, I like this take that getting rid of the combine and sort of regionalizing the scouting world, which we've done with, with, with pro days. Of course, it's not like these are new, but the importance of them has gone up <clears throat> with that. Of course, 40 times have gone way down and we could argue if these are 40 yard dashes or 38 and a half yard dash and that's sure. fine, but I do like it. Like these pro days are events, right? And I think yes. Yes. you are kind of seeing outside of the combine for, for injuries and interviews. Like I hope the pro day scene becomes a thing in the post COVID era. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have the traditional combine anymore because there's no incentive for play for players to work out at the combine with when they can go to their own pro day and perform well. Are some of these numbers juiced a little bit in yes. favor of the players? Yes. But if you actually look at the official numbers, Adam, that come out a day, two days after these pro days, they pretty much line up to what we would have saw at the combine. So I don't stress out about the numbers, but I agree with you. The event is cool. Like I woke it's up fun. this morning and it's a Kyle Pitts day on Twitter, right? Everybody is talking about Kyle Pitts and what he is in the NFL and what his 40 time is. That's what makes this so much fun. And to basically have what a month and a half of these is incredible. I, I love it. It's, it's fun. Is it? I mean, this is like, if you root for a crappy football team, like I do, this is like Christmas. It's like oh, window yeah. shopping. I kind of wish that the jets weren't in need of a quarterback because I'd just be like, Ooh, I'd like that. Give me a, yeah. give me a side of pits. Ooh, Tony. Yes. I'd like a little bit of that too. Ooh, a little Rondell Moore. Uh, Ooh, Devonta Smith is catching passes. So I, I can't help. It's great entertainment. Like it, oh, it is yeah. really great entertainment. And yeah, the numbers are probably juiced, but uh, that's fine. Like we, we are a society that likes juiced numbers and we'll accept them what they are. And the NFL teams, I think will do their own, uh, behavior when it comes to that. Yeah. And the good thing is this is the NFL, right? They dominate every single day of the calendar year. They just have found another way to, to dominate March, even when college basketball and the NBA are in full swing. So 
Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. So we are going to do, I mean, really we're previewing the NFC West this week. Uh, we'll do fill in the blank shortly. And then it's draft heavy. It is draft heavy. Uh, it's the thick of the off season. We are in the, just about in the draft month, which is amazing. Uh, so we can't wait for that. So we'll get on some awesome guests for lining up some fun stuff for the draft. Uh, but first and foremost, Marcus, let's jump into fill in the blank. One of my favorite sections, I should, I, I'm going to do a little tease. We're working on a new section for the pod, a weekly staple that I think is going to become our favorite. But for the time being, this one's always interesting and beyond the draft, a bit of news, a bit of big news. Actually, it feels like it should be bigger news. The NFL uh, going to 17 games, players not necessarily happy, owners thrilled. There's money all over the place. So let's start, of course, with the most important people that are involved in this, the gamblers. And let me ask you, Marcus. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Us, you and me, it's about you and me. 17 games is blank for NFL betters. Glorious, right? Just another week that we get to to bet on the NFL. So now instead of a, a 17 week season, we get an 18-week regular season, and that's even better. Uh, I, I love that it's going to have uh, you know more interdivisional games or interconference games, excuse me. Like We're going to see some really interesting matchups like the Chiefs and the Packers. What this is going to do is create bigger primetime games, and I'm all for it. I, I love it. I think this is going to be even better for degenerates like us. Yes, it's, it's amazing because it's going to allow more betting opportunities. It also, by the way, could be a little bit more difficult. We see toward the end of the uh, end of the season, the yeah. last week or two weeks can be hard. Who's playing, who's not. Marcus, I think you'll get more of that. But here's another little thing beyond betters. They're saying that the Super Bowl now could fall on President's Day weekend. Love it. And that means we get Monday oh. off, right? Oh, so, yeah. That's I mean, betters, uh, People who like to drink beer and watch football, uh, <laughs> any <people>. human being, <laughs> yeah. I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like uh, sign that is what we've been craving for. People wanted a Saturday Super Bowl, they may luck out, or uh, Annabelle doesn't luck into anything, no, strategically no, no. fall into a really good situation for, for people. And the other thing that I would say is it's almost surely that we're going to only have three preseason games, which four yes. was always too many. I still think yes. three is too many, I think two is the right number. But I think it sounds weird. If you have three preseason games, you're going to be able to create more hype around those three preseason games, right? They're going to be bigger deals uh, for us people that are lacking football and it'll give us something else to bet on. So uh, it makes the preseason even more important, which I didn't know was possible. Oh, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. That president's day, that's where the wheels start spinning. All right. (laughs) There was a massive trade 49ers, as Zach Wilson's pro day is going on, boom, they jump up. You had all sorts of jockeying here in the top 12 of the draft, but the 49ers jump up to number three. Mm-hmm. And so I ask you, Marcus, 49ers starting quarterback week one is? Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the, the 49ers have looked at how the Chiefs have handled their quarterback situation, going from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. I think that's something they're interested in. I still think Trey Lance is going to pick you to pick at number three. That was my next question yeah. for you, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're going to have Garoppolo start at least half the year, ease Trey Lance into the offense, and then they'll go. But I do think it's going to be Garoppolo in week one. I think it'll be Garoppolo as well. And I think that's fine. I'd like to see him with some capable weapons. I don't think, I think we know that he's not going to be a top five or top eight quarterback, but I still think he's capable. Especially he's not bad. Some, no, he's not bad. And they have some really good pieces yep. if they're healthy. Let me ask you something really quick as an aside from this is there seems to be this Mac Jones steam at number three. Right. And um, I don't, have you heard, is that legitimate in your eyes? 
I think it's legitimate that a lot of people believe that Mac Jones is going to go in the top five or six picks. I just have a hard time believing the 49ers are going to give up three first round picks to go pick Mac Jones, right? Just because he is so similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. If they're giving up all those picks, it's because they want to add a quarterback to the offense that can expand it, right? And they can maximize the talent that they have. That's not Mac Jones. He's a point guard. What they need is somebody who uh, can, the entire offense can, you know, revolve around. I think that's Trey Lance, maybe even Justin Fields. Yeah, I love that the Niners are in this position because I do think there'll be genuine intrigue for this spot, like throughout. It feels a little bit how the Cleveland Browns with Baker and even the Jets with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like there was a genuine unknown. I think it feels pretty solid, the top two. Um, I think whoever they draft, I'm with you. That person is not going to start. They're going to groom him. They'll build him accordingly. And that will be that. So speaking of grooming and building accordingly, um, and look, if you are not following Marcus on Twitter, uh, Marcus underscore Moser, uh, you need to be, if you're a draft fan and you're into like the, the analytics and the numbers and just really good data and analysis, Marcus, you, you are informative for me. And, um, so I ask you, cause you've been watching this stuff who blank has had the most impressive foot pro day thus far. It's Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. We knew he was athletic. I think there's a lot of people that were thinking, Maybe he would run in the four fives, maybe even the low four sixes. No, that's not the case. He ran a four, 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 40 yard dash at six foot five and a half, 245 pounds. On top of that, he had an 83 inch wingspan, which is bigger than a lot of offensive tackles. Tristan Wurst, who was drafted by the Buccaneers last year, uh, he had an 80 inch wingspan. So three inches bigger than that. This is a guy that is just a absolute freak. He's a generational talent. And what he did at Florida's Pro Day was just absolutely incredible. He should be, Adam, the first non-quarterback drafted in this class. Uh, I think he might even be the second best player in this class behind Trevor Lawrence. Expect him to go high in April. Yeah, he's an alien. I mean, if you you watched as much college, uh, I know, as you did, as I did, like, this is what the dude did. There's some ridiculous, and I don't have them in front of me, numbers of just the number of catches that ter- resulted in a first down or a touchdown. It, it's not just a chunk of his plays. It's like the vast majority of his plays. I'm going to take it a step further. I'm not sure we've ever seen a prospect like him, frankly, no. in terms of all of these measurables and all of these fits. And Marcus, I just want him to go somewhere awesome. Like, I Atlanta. just want him to yes. the- Atlanta with Julio Jones and Calvin oh, Ridley gosh. and Matt Ryan in the oh, dome no. would be insane. Uh, I, one more thing on, on Kyle Pitts. Um, he was dominant in the SEC against guys that are going to be picked really high, like Patrick Sertan and uh, J.C. Horn. Those guys are probably top 12 picks, and he dominated them. Just to get you tell you what kind of prospect this is, it's a lot of fun. I think the quarterbacks have showed out Justin Fields running in the four, four, four range, yep. right. For a 40 ridiculous at his size. We mentioned Wilson, who's been great. Um, a lot of the receivers, Elijah Moore has been awesome. Again, um, these juice pro days are making for a lot of really intriguing discussions. Uh, Jamar chase, by the way, first time seeing him in a while. And of course, jumping out of the gym, running a really great 40 time and, and just showing how athletic he sure. is probably people's num- wide receiver. Number one, you can go a lot of ways, but I'm with you on pits. I just think this is a, this is like a once in a decade type of prospect. A generational prospect. In all the years I've been watching college football and scouting, I have never seen a player like this before. I know Mel Kuyper at ESPN said 
He's his highest graded prospect he's ever highest graded tight end prospect that he's ever seen. Uh, that's saying something for Mel, who's doing this, been doing this since what's crazy the, the mid eighties. Okay. So now we are gushing over pro days uh, <laughs> and let's see how much we gush a little bit longer. I ask you pro day throws get blank hyped. And, and when I ask that, are they overhyped? Are they underhyped? Are they appropriately hyped? Not enough hype. I, I don't think people Ooh. understand how unbelievable some of these throws that like Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are making, you know, in these pro days where they're throwing across their body 60 yards down the field in a bucket to a receiver in the end zone. I mean, it's absolutely incredible and I can't get enough of it. Every time I see it on my timeline on Twitter, I'm, I'm just watching it over and over and again, because it's just, <laughs> it's so, so good. The, I think it's appropriately hyped. Like when I hear Daniel Jeremiah, like stopping mid sentence to watch a Zach Wilson throw and be like, Oh man, you, you know, you could feel the genuine excitement. Oh, yeah. We know what these are. He's throwing against air to uh, targets that he's thrown with in a scripted formula that he's mastered in a situation that is optimal. That's okay. Like that okay. doesn't mean that he's going to be great. It doesn't mean that Justin Fields will be great. It's just, it, you can lean. It's like the home run derby for me, Marcus. Yes, like yes. these are, this is, I love it and I can still enjoy it. It doesn't mean I'm going to tie everything to it. That being said, there's some ridiculous, throw, like the Wilson thing was ridiculous. And Crazy. as a Jets fan, again, that one, you know, going to his left, throwing it down the middle of the field, it's probably the greatest Jets play over the last 10 years. <laughs> that, that, that throw is probably the greatest thing the Jets have ever done. So I'm with you. It is, I think it, the hype is, we can enjoy this hype. We don't have to Absolutely. be weird on everything. Let's celebrate yes. the goofiness and get weird with it. All right. Yes, it's fun. Uh, it's fun. It is fun. Um, speaking of fun, Michael Strahan's got some new choppers, right? The trademark Strahan look, no more. So I ask you, Michael Strahan's new teeth are? Good. I mean, they look fine. <laughs> I just That's a strong I... take. You're coming in, <laughs> coming in strong. Just, yeah. When I think of Michael Strahan, that's what I think of. And now he's changing his signature look. I mean, good for him. I'm sure it brings him more confidence and all that kind of stuff. It's just not the way I remember my Michael Strahan. That's it. You know what? It looks great. I remember locally here when Brian Erlacher got hair. Yeah, right? yeah. He got it the was, lettuce was, on top. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of weird. Okay. And like, if you drive past O'Hare, like there's billboards everywhere. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, it, wow, look, this guy's got hair. And I remember hearing him talking about it. And he was just like, you know, I've been a bald guy like since college. And I just wanted some hair. And I've got exactly. money. And yes. these guys are great. And I feel better. And you know what? Good for you. Perfect. Perfect. Great. If it gives you more confidence and you feel better about yourself, absolutely, I'm all for it. It's like the Le LeBron hair thing, man. His yeah. hairline is changing constantly. Like dealing with Father Time, like the rest of us. You wanna, you wanna get a new hairline. You wanna get some new teeth. You wanna get a hair in general. Do you? You I resources are not money, an object. Yeah, if we yeah. all had that money, we'd we'd get our hairlines fixed and filled in. So I listen. I understand. Teeth look great, man. You keep doing you. Uh, Strand's done all right. He, I mean, post football oh, life's been, been very good to him. Okay, and now the very natural segue, of course, to the NFC West. Uh, I don't know if there's any good or easy way to do that, but we're going to do that. Now, Marcus, I like to do this with you each time before we dive in team by team. Um, I think this is maybe the most interesting division in all of the NFL. Um, so much movement. Um, teams at various points of their attempts to win a Super Bowl, which is what this is all about. Major moves, major moves across this division. When you look at what's going on, you've got young talent, you've got new faces at quarterback. 
as you sign up, uh, as you size up a conference that has probably been the most exciting, certainly the most exciting this off season, I say, what immediately jumps out? That there's this division is the only division in football without a clear favorite, right? You go look at the division's odds right now. Uh, currently in the NFC West, you're looking at the Rams are plus 180 to win the division. Uh, that's pretty shocking to me. The 49ers are right there at plus 190. The Seahawks at plus 300. Odds makers have no idea what to do with this, this division. And it's because from one through four, these are this is a stacked division. Like this is a division with a lot of talent. I think there's going to be four really good quarterbacks in this division. On top of that, Adam, you have some unbelievable head coaches, right? Sean yeah. McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And oh yeah, there's Pete Carroll who's won a Super Bowl. And then there's Cliff Kingsbury. So it's it's maybe the division that's the most fun right now. All right. Well, let's start with the team that is uh it's probably got the most fun quarterback, or at least a guy that I love to watch in Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. As you look at their team need, you get JJ Watt. Um, you you've invested in wide receiver a little bit, obviously. So you're you're lining up for for Kyler to do great and get him mm -hmm. some self help. So uh, when you look at their biggest team need, what jumps out to you? Yeah, it's the secondary. Uh, they yep. lost Patrick Peterson. They did bring in Malcolm uh, Butler. It's a secondary that needs a lot of help. I know Buda Baker's a superstar, yes. uh, but they need to get deeper at that spot. They draft in the middle part of the first round. I do think there's some defensive backs that they can go out there and get that would help. Uh, but they've got to continue to rebuild that secondary. And I think they're getting better. It's just still a problem. All right, I'm going to call an audible on the next question because of Kyler being an, an elite Q QB, but is Cliff the guy? Is it like I covered Ooh. Cliff in college. Ooh. I've talked to him multiple times. Guy had Patrick Mahomes and, and, and has sort of done the Lane Kiffin thing. Well, Lane Kiffin before yep. recently yep. of like falling upward. Is, is Cliff the guy to handle this team because they do have weapons? And I think this is a huge year because they have now expectations attached to it. It's interesting because I think he is a okay coach. I don't think he's somebody that you need to move on from, but when you're in a division with Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay and Pete Carroll, being good isn't enough, right? You need to be an elite coach and I'm not sure he's that. And maybe he can eventually become that. He's only been a head coach in the NFL for two years. I think this season will tell a lot, but I, he's certainly, certainly a couple steps down from the other three coaches in the division. It's a, uh... This is this next question, I think, is the hardest one to figure for me. And I'll ask you first is over under eight wins next year, because it, it feels right on for me. again. Yeah. It feels right on that number. So I've got to retrain myself to think about a 17 game schedule, right? Because now <laughs> it, it's a little different. I'll say over slightly. I'm saying like what, nine and eight. I'm, it's going to take me a while. Oh, no. Yes. That just yes. sounds horrifying. Nine and eight. I, I think they'll end up one game above 500, but I don't see this as a playoff team. I think they're, they're probably the third or fourth best team in this division. Does Cliff have a job if that's the case? Because I, I, you know, he's a great match for Kyler, but I think if they miss the playoffs again, depending how bad they miss the playoffs and the optics of a season, I think there's a good chance that they make a change personally. I, I, I could see it, right? If you have DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt, you're bringing in AJ Green. It tells me that the, the Cardinals front office and organization believes it's, it's time to go compete, right? And if Cliff can't get them to the playoffs, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. All right. Now this team that we're moving on to next, uh, I guess buy and sell playoff team. You are selling, yeah, I'm selling yeah. as well. Uh, and I'm not, you know, 
it wouldn't shock me if they make the playoffs, but I'm going to, I'm going to sell this team as I evaluate it, Marcus moving to the LA Rams is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I, when I look at biggest team need, I got to admit there's to me, there's not like the glare. We've talked about some bad teams where you're like, uh, I don't necessarily think there's a glaring hole on this team. What, what about you? I would say depth. And I know that's not a position, but this is a very star heavy team. Uh, and they've done that on purpose, right? They've traded their way, their first round picks, uh, basically every year until our kids are old enough to be doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, they want a stud and dud team. And I think they believe they can draft well enough on day two and day three and pick up free agents to fill in the gaps. Uh, if they can add two, three guys that can be quality rotational players in the rest of this offseason in the draft, this is a really, really good roster. It feels like a great roster. And I guess that's a perfect transition to my next question to you is how much better does Matt Stafford make the Rams? Because Marcus, in my eyes, like that's the piece that if you would ask me before that, we would have said quarterback, but we're not going to say it anymore. And it'll be interesting to see Stafford in such a favorable position with a favorable roster and a favorable coach. I, I think he makes them considerably better. What about you? I think he makes them a Super Bowl contender, right? Over yes, the last sir. couple of years, the Rams have been borderline a playoff team. What you know, last year they snuck into the playoffs and won in round one. I think now they are a legitimate threat to come out of the NFC because you put somebody as talented as Stafford with Sean McVay and those weapons and that defense, it's time to go. I think, I mean, listen, I'll tell you right now, this is this is a team that I expect to come out of the the NFC West. They are the most talented. And they've got the best quarterback. I think maybe we'll see about Russell Wilson, but I think it's, I think it's a really good team. I, I th- have to, we've been very bullish on green Bay for, and I'm trying to pull up real quickly. Some, some of the latest Super Bowl odds. I got the Super Bowl odds right here. What, what are they right they're, now? They're what 14, they... 14 to one plus 1400. I think that's tremendous value. I think that's tremendous value. Frankly. Well, I... so, so here's the better way to do this. I think. Coming out of the NFC, they are plus 650, right? So Tampa Bay at plus 350, the Packers at plus 500. I like them a lot at plus 650. That, those are some good odds. I agree. I think this is a team that Stafford is going to make tick. I actually really like some of the running backs too. You could yeah. say, I think Akers is a chance to be really, really good. Um, he's kind of untapped. So I look over under 10 wins. We're both going over buyer selling a playoff team. We're both buying here. Uh, Yeah, I agree. This team is, has a chance to be really fun. Great head coach, all the ingredients. Um, As a Jets fan, I want this. I want whatever that is because it's stable and they've done a lot of really good things. This team, I don't know what to do with the Seattle Seahawks. um, What a bizarre year. You've got the rust trade rumors that have sort of, percolated or not i don't know you've got just there's just an odd vibe around this team around its coach around its star player uh you've got you know the jamal adams thing you're gonna have to pay a safety coming off major surgery i mean you got a lot of weird things going on here marcus so as you look at seattle how it's constructed now because they got a lot of good players too what's your biggest team need oh i would say it's still the offensive line and i feel like you can said that for the last decade with the seattle seahawks right they can't protect russell wilson And honestly, I think it caught up to him at the second half of last year. I think Russell Wilson uh, was beat down. I think he was tired from running around. And you just can't win consistently playing that backyard style of football. They need to improve the offensive line. They don't necessarily have the resources to do it, though, Adam, because as you know, 
their first round pick is not available to them. It's uh, held by the New York Jets. So I'm not sure how they address their offensive line, uh, but it's easily their biggest need. Yeah, it absolutely is. And there was just some point you looked at the uh, how well Russ was playing through his first five games as a Russ fantasy owner last year. It was like, that's it. Crushing um, it. S- s- fantasy, fantasy winner right here. And then it just fell off. They just locked up uh, Lockett to a massive contract uh, before we recorded this. Mm-hmm. Metcalf is a star uh, yep. and an absolute beast. Uh, Carson is back, who I actually think ran well last year when he was healthy. Frankly, I, I, I've liked him on that team as a receiving threat. So I'm, I'm kind of perplexed by this. Now, the Russ potentially getting trade, traded. Uh, the Bears apparently tried. They were told no. They had a competitive offer. Everybody's trying to save face. They signed Andy Dalton. That's horrible. But on the Seattle side, do you think there's any chance that Russell gets moved? No, but I would say the one team that I think is interesting now from an asset standpoint that could potentially pull it off is the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Now they have potentially three first-round picks in next year's draft on top of the 12th pick in this Ooh. year's class. They also have Jalen Hurts that they could dangle out in a trade if they needed to. That's the only team in the NFL that I think has the, the right amount of assets to do it but I still don't think it's very likely. You know, we've seen with Russell Wilson in Seattle, they've never had a losing season. They've won at least nine games in every single year. Only once have they had fewer than 10 wins back-to-back seasons with at least 11 wins. Anytime Russell Wilson's on the field, the Seahawks team is going to be really good. So it's hard to trade them away unless you are getting back a franchise quarterback. And I don't think that's possible right now. I think it would take, the ability to get one of the young quarterbacks in this class, um, you know, the jet's going to trade back their pick. Um, but, but, and, and I, I just don't think it's feasible. It seems like this is Pete Carroll just saying, nah, thanks. Unless an offer is truly going to blow them away. Right. Um, and I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm with you. I, I, and I, I, I kind of agree with it to an extent, at least you have to see what happens after this year. It could be a reshuffle. You see how this season goes, and then you decide where are we as a team. It's kind of like with Aaron Rodgers, although again, I wouldn't, I would not trade Aaron Rodgers. I think that'd be right. very dumb. Yes. But I think you'll you'll get a different vantage point of this after this year. Uh, Twelve wins over under for you when it comes to Seattle. It's a lot, um, but I do think with Seattle likely having fans back in the stadium next year, uh, they've got one of the best home field advantages in all of football. I think they're going to go seven and one at home. Can they go? What is that? Four and three the rest of the way on the road? I think so. So I'm going to say over a slight over. Uh, I think 13 and four is where they end up. Look at you adjusting so naturally. It's so hard. It's, it's not natural I, at all. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I, you okay. hit on a really a couple of interesting points. The inability to get um, exponentially better because of the draft stuff is hard. And I, again, as a Jets fan, I love Jamal Adams, and he showed that he was that he can be worth every bit of that. But I don't know if, as we saw last year when the defense was getting picked apart, he he can't stop all that. The defense still yep. has major yep. questions, even though I think it played a little bit better down the stretch. So I I think there are a lot of questions. I think this division is tough. I will buy them as a playoff team, though, Marcus. I think they have a chance to get a wild card spot. Obviously, I'm assuming you're buying that as well. Yes, yes. And actually, I like their odds to win their division plus three hundred considering they won it last year. That's incredible odds. Uh, again, I was joking about Matt Stafford being the best quarterback in the division, but uh, Russell Wilson, incredibly good. You know the offense. You know what Pete Carroll is going to be about. Uh, I like them at 3-1 to one to win the division. 
So we move to the final team, which I think is kind of the wild card team in this. That's the San Francisco yes. 49ers. Um, this is a, it's, it's an interesting, it's kind of, it's not a rebuild because I think no. the team is still very capable, but it's sort of an active rebuild, right? Where you, yes. and if you have the yes. luxury to do this, I think that's how you stay great. The Packers and others have been able to pull this off. It can be a hard thing to do without bottoming out. And who knows, maybe that's what San Francisco will do. So as you look at the roster now, what would you say their biggest team need is? Stay healthy. I mean, I know that's a little bit of yeah. a cop out, but listen, this is a team that lost the most games last year due to injuries. Uh, when they are healthy, you can make a case that they have maybe the most talented roster in the NFL on the offensive line, the defensive line. They've got playmakers all over the place. If they can just stay healthy, this is easily a double-digit win team and another team that could potentially come out of the NFC. Uh, the talent is certainly not the issue in San Francisco. Um, I, I think it's still quarterback is the biggest team need, and I think they're in a position to address it. The interesting thing now because this draft is going to have that Baker Darnold Allen vibe where we're going to, yeah, we're going to yeah. put Trevor and Zach and Trey. And I mean, we got five guys that we're going to stack together and uh, they're obviously in a position. And I think they know more than they're letting on to believe. I don't know about the Mac Jones team, but they, I think they know who they want. Um, and I think that's why you don't make this move unless no. you do that. They, they, you don't just make this move and say, Hey, we're good with whomever. Like you, you, that's not the Shanahan way. I I want to ask you, I already asked you kind of who you think they would take, but I want, who would you take? I'm like a little transition. I'm you're the GM. Theoretically, let's assume it goes Trevor. It goes Zach. You've got Mac Jones. You've got Trey Lance. um, You've got Justin Fields. You are the GM. Who are you drafting and building this team around? Uh, To me, Adam, it's very easy. And it's been this way the entire time. I would take Justin Fields and I would take Justin Fields if I was the Jets at number two, because. Oh no. Well, listen, this has nothing to do with Zach. Wilson. I'm feeling this way too, though. That's right. I'm conflicted. I don't need you making me more conflicted. <laughs> no, here. listen, I think in most drafts, Zach Wilson is worth the number one or number two pick. And I've said that all along. He is a worthy candidate at two. It, it would be fantastic. If the Jets pick him, you should be very happy. I just think Justin Fields is better. And I think he has been better for the last couple of years. I mean, what he's done at Ohio state is incredible. His game against Clemson this year, where he's playing with the broken ribs, might Surreal. be the best collegiate game I've ever seen from a quarterback. And it's not, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know what I'm missing here because he was a high recruit. He was the number one dual threat quarterback in his class. He was productive at Ohio State. Uh, he has all the traits. Why isn't this guy the consensus number two pick? I guess I don't get it. There was, uh, you know, to start the year, he was so good. You, you, he had more touchdowns than incompletions, I think, through like his first three and a half games. And I think the concern, and I don't necessarily share this, there were some concerning things in the Indiana game. There were some concerning throws. The, the, the Clemson game, I'm with you, is, is like a legacy moment. And as a collegiate player, I'll never, or someone who just loves college football, I will never forget that. So I think, I think that's it. I mean, I I'm with you and I would love to see what a guy like Shanahan, what he could do with someone that is so immensely gifted. Right. I mean, it's, it is surreal. And I, I, to me, it's, it's, if, if the jets go Wilson at two, and I think the Wilson fields debate will be very interesting. Um, But after that, I don't think it is that interesting. Honestly, I, I think Lance could be fine. Lance could be great but he's still probably a little bit raw. Um, and Mac Jones, who, who knows if he ends up in the right place and you can keep him upright, although he, he ran a much better 40 time than I thought he would. Um, 
is, is, is fine as well. It's, they are going to be the team that really drives the NFL draft. Like, yes, yes. It really does start there. Assuming it goes one, two, as we believe. Uh, I, I, just, I think it'll be I, fascinating. I guess I don't get it. You put him in that offense. And I think the, the, the sky is the limit, right? For a quarterback yes. that can do all the play action, all the bootlegs, all the rollouts. And he's incredibly accurate throwing down the field, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest weakness is. It just seems like a perfect fit to me. And listen, until they make a pick that's not Justin Fields, I'm just going to assume that's what it is because that's what makes the most sense. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, over under six wins. Uh, I'm going over. I think it's it's not. I think this is a team that's going to win enough games. They've got to stay healthy. Getting back to your original point, if they don't stay healthy, I think it goes can go sideways. And I think this number, Marcus, frankly is helped out by an extra game too. If you have any doubts of, will they get over that threshold? I think an extra game is big here. And I'll tell you the truth, uh, Adam, as soon as I heard that the, the 49ers traded up to number three, I placed a pretty large bet on the 49ers to win the division because I, oh. I still think it's going to be Justin Fields or it should be. And you put Justin Fields in that offense. It's uh, it's time to go. So I, I love the 49ers over here. I think 11, 12 wins is very, very Wow. All right. So what did you get on the price, by the way, to win the division? Uh, plus 200. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, this is a team that healthy, I think, is going to bounce yeah. back. You're buying them as a potential playoff team as well. Yes. Um, so, all right. So hierarchy here is tricky then. Um, really tricky. It's all gonna, I think it's going to be one of those divisions that comes down to the final week of the season, kind of like it was last year, right? Well, yes. And I would, I would, oh man, see, this is tough. I, I'd have Rams number one, and I think mm-hmm. you're with me there. We yep. have our Rams number one. You are, are you going San Fran number two? Mm, I'll, I'll go Seattle just because I think they're pretty reliable to get double digit wins. Seattle is my number two team also. And I can be, I think two, three, and four, frankly, could go any which way. Um, at that point, are you going San Fran or Arizona? I'll go San Fran. I just trust Kyle Shanahan way more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury. Really I, I will is. go. That's yeah, that actually just hurts the soul. Just trying to <laughs> that. I mean, it's true. I would probably go Arizona, San Fran, but again, um, that uh, a lot of that, I think that could change. I, this could completely flip. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I would not, I'm with you. I could see San Fran winning this division. It is. Um, I think it's by far the most interesting. I, I started yes. this, you know, off the top. This is an awesome, awesome division, ripe with exciting players, intrigue, draft intrigue, trading, you name it. Like this is fun. It's going to be a yes. lot of fun. So, yes. all right. So we're a little bit different, but we're locked in near the top. And I think the Rams steam is there. Now, my favorite part of the pod before we say goodbye is the future section. And Marcus, and this is, by the way, if you're just tuning in, where we talk about what we're betting and, you know, what we've got our eye on. But first, we need to talk a little UFC. Oh, yeah. And not what I have my, well, there's a little bit what I have my eye on, but what I just watched with that card and specifically Francis Ngannou, just good Lord. Um, What were your thoughts on that fight? Because I was on Stipe um, and I had a good night at the card until that last fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was not good. And I knew it was not going to be good after about 45 seconds, I think. So what were your thoughts on the fight? Yeah. So I'm a big Stipe fan as well, but I love it when we have a heavyweight, that's basically the grim reaper where yes. you know the, the outcome is inevitable. It's just how long is it going to take to get there? 
And I think that's what Francis Ngannou is right now, right? We saw, how long did it take, Adam, in that fight for you to realize that it wasn't going to go Stipe's way? 20 seconds? When he when he shot down the shoot, that was the definitive oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And he and it's like, oh God, Francis looked learned how to wrestle. Like yes. I mean yes. that was the big thing. But and all you're doing if you bet Stipe, like I did, was like hoping, uh, hoping for time. And the problem, and it's a great thing for Naganyu, by the way, and he's he's yeah. a, just a great guy to listen to and watch, is he was very patient, he was calm, he wasn't reckless, and and he just hits. Like, I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. I'm not sure I've oh, ever seen yeah. a human being quite like this, frankly. And I, it, I, I love it when our heavyweight is the guy that I feel like I can put anybody else in the world up against and I know that he's going to win, right? Like, that's that's what you want. You want him to yes. be the baddest man on the planet, and I'm confident that he is. Now, it's interesting. Of course, I don't know if a Joan, John Jones fight's going to happen. It doesn't seem to be trending particularly well, to no one's surprise. But yeah. I did see Marcus that they had um, – Francis is like a pretty big favorite against John Jones. If that fight happens, like minus one eighty five. Well, John, some, jo- some, John Jones hasn't fought since what February of two thousand twenty, so it's been a long time. And can he get up to no. two hundred and thirty pounds? Probably I, not. Yeah, I know he's beefed up, but if 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 Francis is going to be like two sixty five, um, I don't I don't know, man. John John Jones is is the goat, but I I would love to see it. I want that fight to happen. There's a lot of really good stuff coming up in MMA. We're going to get Poirier McGregor again, it sounds mm-hmm. like, which signed me up for. we got no MMA card this weekend, unfortunately, but lots of goodness. Last one, O'Malley, I thought looked great. Oh, yeah. kind, of, kind of an interesting fight. Um, great to see that he's back healthy. He could have won that fight probably three times <laughs> yeah. um, had he not been you know, cocky about it. But I was on that. You know, That was like minus 350, which is not my type of MMA play. But What about I, uh, Woodley? I, Woodley get knocked out you know I'd say ought to be it right I yep. I love the effort I thought like that first minute I'm like good they coached him to to try and unfortunately I don't think he has it no that um, might be over. so that yeah it might be over so we got lots of good MMA stuff coming up um including the first like crowd event which will be interesting so uh as for what I'm betting uh Marcus it is opening day um which is exciting and so for me, I've got a couple of opening MLB bets. Uh, this one is a little bit chalky. Fernando Tatis Jr. to win NL MVP plus 850. Luis Robert, who, uh, who in Chicago here, I think people think he's going to be a star for the White Sox. Uh, 25 to 1 to win AL MVP. I could I get- see him just exploding. I think that dude is immensely talented. And then the other one that I think, frankly, is not a lock, Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates to win the rookie of the year in the NL is this dude is a monster, man. I mean, he looks trouty. Like when yes. you see this yes. guy. Um, so that's a little bit chalky. I'm not sure how, how into the baseball betting do you get? Are you into it much? I get a little bit into the futures and the, the wind totals. I saw, I believe it was the twins have a wind total of 89 and a half, I believe. Uh, which seems high, but uh, I've been actually been getting into to sub, uh, the college basketball futures, Adam, because Gonzaga right now minus 200 to win the whole tournament. And frankly, those seem like pretty decent odds to jump on right now because they look light years better than everybody else. So that's what I'm eyeing. I know we've got some masters that I'm sure we're going to talk about next week. Oh, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll save our master's talk for next week because I got some, some hot takes and some bold bets that I'm making. So, so I, again, I a lot of wait. fun. Yeah, I can't wait. The futures next week will be 
Masters focus. I do have a, a Gonzaga ticket. I think I have him at plus 235 from before the tournament began, um, which right now feels very good. Yes, uh, yes. But, you know, we'll have to see. The team's been dominant. I, I said another video for the, the game day. I said, I think, pre-show. Like, this is the Alabama football version of basketball. Um, we just don't necessarily think that because largely their schedule is is not great. Right. One game right. this year by single digits. One, I mean, that's it's insane. So who can beat that? Anybody is there anybody that you're, I, you're afraid of if you have a Gonzaga ticket? I guess Baylor, just because that's athletically, one, right? that's probably the one. Uh, I was telling you pre-show, Marcus, I've got a friend with a, a nice Houston ticket, which will be interesting. I, I guess all along, it's probably been Baylor. Yep. Um, yep. I thought I thought Michigan would be an interesting matchup if they played their game, but just too inconsistent. So yep. uh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, Gonzaga minus the 14 is a is a fascinating Final Four number. I'm not sure I ever saw thought we'd see that in a Final Four. That's a that is a big big. That's like a Alabama versus yes. you know, Michigan State college football playoff game is what that yes, reminds get, me of. Get on uh, get in on Gonzaga minus 200. That's the best thing I can tell you right now. It's kind of, yes, I, I agree with you. I'm invested. I, I actually may invest a little bit more. Um, anything else, Marcus, you got, we got a lot of stuff coming up, I'm sure. So any uh, other at, futures things? NFL draft futures. Just want to say that you can get Jamar Chase on a couple of different sports books as to be the first receiver drafted at even odds, which seems incredible to me. He had a fantastic pro day at LSU on uh, Wednesday, running in the, the four threes. Uh, go bet on Jamar Chase to be the first receiver drafted. I uh, did a video recently and that was my advice as well. I just think it's, it seems to be trending in that direction. Uh, reminder guys, uh, our discussions, podcasts, uh, whatever you like from the show, uh, share it. We really appreciate it. We got a ton of different draft stuff uh, coming up here over the next few weeks leading into the draft. And of course, then it's time to start to get in the nuts and bolts of handicapping the season that is even more so than uh, we're already doing. It's going to be busy here over the next few months. Uh, and also a reminder, check out thegameday.com. See what offers our affiliates have. Uh, for Marcus, I'm Adam Kramer. We will talk to you guys next week. Will you